Dedicated to the survival of American democracy in an increasingly dangerous world, this is Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney, acted as Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Policy under President Ronald Reagan, founder and president of the Center for Security Policy in Washington, D.C., the go-to man for defense and foreign policy issues, joined by the greatest minds in the security policy business, the special forces in the war of ideas at Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney. Welcome to Secure Freedom Radio. This is Frank Gaffney, your host and guide for what I think of as an intelligence briefing on the war for the free world. In this battle space, there are a few people whom I have come to admire more, particularly at a reasonably tender age, than Daniel Horowitz, the senior editor of Conservative Review and a contributing writer to Red State, among other places, he has been active in the public policy debate for quite some time and has contributed mightily to it in the form of a new book, relatively new book, I should say, um, Stolen Sovereignty, How to Stop Unelected Judges from Transforming America. He's been thinking deeply on several of the issues we've touched on here in recent days, uh, notably the omnibus bill that was um, enacted in haste and mostly in the dark, it turns out, by the uh, Republican-led Congress and signed into law, however reluctantly, by President Trump last week. To talk about that and much more, I'm very pleased to welcome back Daniel Horowitz. Good to have you, sir. Great to be back with you, and certainly a lot to talk about. There is. So let's get right to it, Daniel. One of the things that has been said about this omnibus bill, and I must say I feel a certain sympathy for it, is that it has at long last taken steps to address the serious, grievous, in fact, underfunding of the United States military. For most of us, though, that doesn't begin to offset the downsides of this bill. Would you talk us through what's in it and why it's problematic? Sure. Well, obviously, we have to remember the context here. Republicans are at the pinnacle of their power here. So this is really the most auspicious time, if you're a conservative, to get things done. And if the best we can do at a time like this is say, look, we really have no control over anything without the Democrats and without paying them the ransom. And in order to get more military funding, we're going to have to grow some of the bureaucracy, some of the worst bureaucracies, such as HUD, by 20 to 25 percent. You know, what's the point? And then, as you noted, a budget is not just the spending figures. It's also document that codifies the priorities for that year in terms of policy. And every Republican policy was kept out of the bill, while a lot of the Democrat priorities were actually put in the bill. You know, we haven't had a gun control uh, debate in this country for a long time, any legislation that has passed concerning guns either direction for a long time. And yet without any debate, they stuck on gun control provisions uh, to a budget bill while they refused to tack on our policy riders, which were budgetary in nature such as defunding sanctuary cities and Planned Parenthood. So the question is, if we can't enact our priorities now, isn't it safe to say we will never do that? And then the follow-up question to that should be, then what is the point to continuing in this Republican Party without fundamentally reforming the party. This is really the crux of what I wanted to talk to you about, Daniel. You're a guy who not only has a keen eye for 
what's wrong, but some creative ideas about what to do about it. And in a piece that you wrote at Conservative Review recently, you had the provocative headline, there is no red state in this country. And I I want you to tease that out for us, because obviously there are a lot of people who feel as though they're part of the conservative or even Republican ranks, and yet what you've just described certainly suggests they're not represented very well, at least in official Washington. But but give us a sense of why um, there is this sense of despair, really, on your part. Part of the problem, Frank, is that there's no sense of proportion or proper expectations on our side. The left has successfully shifted the entire political universe so far to the left that what we think is at least somewhat of a victory is really to the left of what even Democrats were proposing years ago. And what I mean by this title, there's no such thing as a red state, we always uh, hear the excuse that on a federal level, well, Republicans don't have 60 seats in the Senate. As I point out in this piece, Republicans have supermajorities in almost 20 states in the state legislature, and yet even in a state like Oklahoma, where they have a 83% majority in the state Senate, they can't get a basic religious liberty bill passed just to prevent a dynamic where people are, are forced to serve as gay weddings with their own private property. This is Oklahoma here. We can't get pro-life bills passed there. You know, you talk about the military a lot. We can't even have a party willing to uh, not fund castration operations in the military during a time of war when more than 50% of those individuals uh, are prone to suicide. I mean, we can't hold the ground that Democrats held just a generation ago, and we think we're making strides. So I think the first step in the solution is recognizing the severity of the problem that the Republican Party is not providing an alternative vision on any of the major public policy issues. And, and, and that's really where we need to start from. Okay, well, this brings us to that next strategy and your suggestions for what you call a blueprint for new conservatives. Walk us through that quickly. You know, it takes a new party to create a new movement, but it takes a new movement to create that new party. It's often said that it's so hard to create a new party because it's tough to get ballot access. And that's really where I thought of this idea, where it needs to be led by known quantities that are already elected, such as the Freedom Caucus. We have several other caucuses in the House that are made up mainly of conservatives that are upset about what's going on in Congress. I believe they could lead it by still keeping the ballot access to the Republican Party. Again, they use us and our platform to to steal our votes and then lie about it. Well, we'll use them for ballot access, but then completely declare independence, create they should create their own new political action committee, don't show up to any of their meetings, create their new, uh, their own contract with America, their own agenda and have candidates sign on to it. And then what I note in my final point, which I think is a unique idea, they should start holding their own field hearings where the leadership in both houses are not addressing our priorities on national security, immigration, health care, the judiciary, even the drug crisis. Our side of the story is not being told. Why do they have to sit on a phony committee where they don't do anything anyway in order to gain access to that? They should just use their own funds to hold these hearings with citizen task forces. You know, people that don't work in Washington but are experts in their field and to get out our voice. And I think through all these things collectively, it will fuel a new movement to eventually create that new party, which we need so desperately. It's not going to happen overnight, but I think we need to find ways to bridge that gap, that transition period, rather than going for an all or nothing approach. 
Daniel Horowitz, I'm afraid we have to leave it at that, but the, the main thrust of this, as I see it, is twofold. One, a rebirth of ideas and a commitment to principles. Among them, I trust, would be the pursuit of liberty and its defense here at home, of course, a key piece of our national security program. But also, this idea of taking the hearings to the field, uh, to constituents, to places where it's still possible to interact with witnesses and uh, build a record, uh, which is seemingly no longer the case in official Washington. So much to do. Daniel Horowitz, we appreciate what you do to call attention to it and also to lead on it at Conservative Review. Thank you for taking the time to join us. And Daniel, we'll talk with you again very soon. Next up, we'll speak with Kevin Freeman about economic warfare and what's at stake at the moment. Right ahead. Visit us at facebook.com slash securefreedom with Frank Gaffney.